I'm Ange. I walk the shamanic path and I have the best fucking job in the world. Every day I get to tell you I love you. Don't fucking text them. And I get to help people with their relationships um, using ancient wisdom from my extensive studies in shamanism. So I am along this path. I've been lucky enough to find a lot of spiritual friends and I have some not spiritual friends, but they're all funny and they're all beautiful. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about relationships and the things that that we deal with in them. We're going to dissect the twin flame trend and just talk about soul ties and healing in general. So I love you. And of course, like I said before, don't fucking text them. Work on your own shit. You, you are the problem. I'm sorry. You're also the solution. I love you. In this episode, I interviewed Chelsea. She started out as a client of mine, reading tarot for her on Zoom and then moving into shamanic healing work. She's done a lot of my spiritual classes on Zoom, and she's really come a long way in her healing journey since I met her. We talk about that today. Um, What this is really about is she asked me to do something a little special for her to help her because she was stuck on a couple exes um and so we dive into her astrology and her past lives to understand her karma and what she's meant to do as a soul in her relationships here and to understand the soul contracts and the past life connection with a couple key exes that she was stuck on so she can move forward uh shamanism is using our connection with spirit to heal and um i now offer this as a service because we realized this was so helpful. Hope you enjoy. So completely unrelated to this podcast, I just have to say, I I found this little rubber ball on the floor of my office. The dog was chewing on it and I kept it around on my desk for like a month because I didn't know where the fuck it was. It's <laughs> It goes on the bottom of my... Um, podcast recording microphone and I just threw it away last week because I was like I'm tired of hoarding this it's going and now today as I prepared to get on with you I was like son of a bitch oh no the little rubber ball I know like how did I don't even know how she got anyway kids and dogs man kids and dogs oh my gosh I know kids and dogs my kid this morning was an absolute nightmare it happens it's part of the deal they, that's why they make them cute. That's why God makes them cute because otherwise you would just open the door and be like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> I do. Kids and dogs. It's biological. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. okay so, so we're talking today about how I, you're the reason I came up with the healing past life karma with your SPs session. You are yes. it Chelsea. And so that's what we're talking about. Like I, first of all, I screen or I record anybody's session and send them a link if they ask me. Um, So that's a good reminder to anyone listening that you have to ask if you want to do that, because sometimes I forget. But I did that for this one and I never sent you the link. (laughs) You know, I thought about that after the fact and I was like, okay, I need to ask her to do that because I I will relive that. Okay, It's there, but it's kind of good because that means for as we talk about this today, it'll be more like what stuck out for you versus so so yeah we're gonna talk about like what that was and the backstory of it for me is that Chelsea asked me if I could do this specific thing in a shamanic healing session and I went well 
yeah that's not really a shamanic killing session but yeah that's the thing i could do so um on my on my booking site i don't really explain it good and that's what i kind of want to talk about so like people can understand how it helped you and what it was and because on my site all it says is healing past life karma with your sp meaning significant person explore past lives with your key x's plural in order to understand the meaning <laughs> the meaning and who to date in the future I mean and this isn't just for single people but um I don't know do you want to just start by talking about what you asked me in, in the first place and yeah. kind of what it ended up being for you yeah so I was very curious about um you know two of my significant exes in particular and you know I I guess I'll back up by saying like with both of them, I had felt like some kind of soul recognition when I first met them. Um, and they've each been very impactful to my life in different ways. Um, and one of them is actually no longer with us. Um, and so I just think I was very curious about when we had met previously in past lives, um, how our paths had crossed if they had um and then like all together and individually so I had said to Angela like can you please is this possible like be specific or does the healing not work that way <laughs> you just like get what you get and yeah you were like no we can we can definitely be specific and then when we actually signed on for the session we both kind of decided like hey let's make this a little bit more of like a, a discussion versus like, you know, the, the laying down and doing healing part. And I actually really liked that aspect um, because I had to be intentional about like what I was looking to get from it in the moment, which like you had me focus on. And at first I didn't really know, um, but I think, yeah, just thinking about, you know, thinking about what specifically I wanted to know um yeah and, and how and, it would help me yeah and to back up so for anyone listening that's never had a shamanic healing session those yeah. are 90 minutes and we start out by talking and we talk about a hook that's plaguing you and then when and you blow your energy into one of my kuyas my medicine stones and then when you're good and emotional you lay down on your back and your bed or on your couch with a camera on you in meditation while I work on you energetically on the massage table behind me so you're zoned out and I'm not talking to you for the bulk of that 90 minutes. Like you're, mm -hmm. you will have visions and, and inner awarenesses come up for you, or maybe you'll just lay there. Maybe you'll go to sleep. I don't know. You know, whenever everyone's different, most people have things come to them or you have ancestors come to you or spirit guides, or you see a past life. Maybe, maybe and like yeah. my first shamanic killing someone did on me that I didn't even think I believed in past lives. I saw a bunch of my past lives and I was like, Whoa. And I know when I see clients for the first time that happens and it's right yes. there I'm like you this might be your path too so yes <laughs> but like so that's where it's different versus this one Chelsea had done enough of them for me or with me and then she's also learned how to journey in my classes on her own that we were like okay in your case I'm gonna journey to look at this stuff you just sit there don't yeah. go to sleep we still use the stone and yes. I held I held on to the stone when I journeyed it had her energy in it um but I, because Chelsea already knew how to journey, I had her go to the lower world and talk with her, her spirit guides while I was doing the work. Um, if somebody didn't know how to journey, I would just kind of have them close their eyes in meditation and zone out, but sitting up. And then those are jer quick journeys for me, just like a few minutes. And then I come back and I talk about what I saw on that. 
So I just wanted to interject like the yeah. difference like, of what you're saying. So it was more like I would journey, I would come back and talk, I would journey. So like, this is for someone who wants to understand the story and look at soul contracts with a specific or specific people in your life um, to help heal your relationships with those people. Yeah. Um, it's not going to move a whole bunch of energy it's this is for if you've already moved a lot of your own energy and done a lot of healing work around something but you just have specific questions about this relationships that that stuck like I think this is a better fit right than just like dealing with a whole human shamanic healing about I mean if you're really sad and stuck in it in an emotion because of a theme or a hook then you want a shamanic healing but when it's specific about people and you just want answers and clarity I think this is the, that's the difference right Chelsea wouldn't you say yeah, I would totally, totally agree with that. Um, I think, and to your point, like, because I had moved a lot of that energy previously, and we had done a couple sessions before, like, even though I also know how to journey, I think this is really important and, and like, easy for someone who has done some of the work, but is curious to, like, hone in on things specifically, and maybe a little bit intimidated by, like, doing the full on, like making contact with some of the energy or, like, yeah. you know, you have to be open to it, of course. But I think, yeah, it's a little bit of like a stepping stone between curiosity um, and like the healing aspect. It's on a, a bit more of like an intellectual level, uh, at least for me. And that was that, like, I liked that. I didn't, you know, it wasn't intimidating. Um and is I some of, wait is some of it intimidating what's been intimidating for you as far as the work <laughs> with me I'm just curious I just don't no. know yeah so I think you know what it is I think I sometimes get in my head like with even with meditation in general I think you know when you um somebody who's constantly in your head you know overthinking all things it can be hard to like let that guard down and find that quietness. But what I love about my sessions with you is that I've been able to get there. It's not easy for me to get there um, in, in general. I can get there, but I have such a trust for like the way that you do the work that I think that that's part of it because I know that opening up my energy to you is safe. Um, and you know, obviously we built that trust, but even in the first session that I had my first shamanic session, I mean, the physical energy that was like pulsating through my body and we did it via Zoom because I'm in New York, you know, um, was honestly one of the most intense things I've ever experienced, but in the best way. Now, if you are like not prepared for that or you don't know what to expect, I think that can be intimidating. Um, that actually happened. It's so funny because some of my clients that are the most leery, that's the thing I hear. They're like, why did I feel tingling in my body? Like you're, cause my whole practice <laughs> is on zoom and I'll say that because that's the dense energy moving out and yep. then the, the light filling those voids. And it does feel like, um, when your arm falls asleep and it's waking back up or like, you know, so that's, people will say that and they'll say, well, what were you doing? Like around my belly? And I'm like, okay. So I was removing crystallized energy there and they're like, I felt it, you know? So yes. Um, or, or something. Sometimes I'll say it first and, and then they'll say that's where. So yeah, it is, it is crazy. But I think that's why sometimes people, when I tell them what I do, they're like, how do you know it's real? I'm like, if you like this, my life should be a reality show. If you saw behind the scenes, all the work I do on people and the stories and the, you'd be like, oh, it's, you can't, I, you can't make it up. Like I'm not smart no. enough to be, and I'm not, I don't have, 
you know me because you're friends enough to know that my life, when I get off camera from making any content, I am not even thinking about any of this stuff for any clients. I don't look up anyone before. I don't even know who I'm getting no. on Zoom with before I get on Zoom. And I am taking care of my son or waitressing or cleaning my house or laying out in the grass or swimming. <laughs> like I'm not. Yep. Yep, so. exactly. And that even that even in this recent session that we did um, with the you know, specificity around the SPs, I don't even know if you remember that, but after you journeyed for the first time, oh yeah, came back up. Yeah. And you were like, so what's with the rafting? And I was like, <laughs> my jaw, like hit the floor. I was like, and to your point, I mean, there Wait, is but no, tell, tell that story. Yeah. 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 So there is no way you could have known, but okay. So the backstory is, um, I'll use Dan's name because he's yeah. no longer with us. Doesn't yeah. matter. Um, so Dan was my partner for, you know, almost 14 years. Um, we have a daughter together. He passed away in 2020, uh, unexpectedly. And just, you know, that's kind of what sparked my, my spiritual journey, I would say. But, uh, every year for as long as I, he has, you know, a really great group of friends. There was like 25 of them that kept in touch after college, kids, marriages, whatever, moving across the country they would go rafting on the Delaware. And Dan looked forward to this every single year. I am not an outdoorsy kind of girl. So it was like, you know, and the joke was it was always around my birthday. So I was like, all right, whatever. I don't care. I'll do something else for my birthday. But I never went because I just, I did not enjoy rafting at all um, or camping or anything, Yeah, you know, like the outdoors. Um, so when you brought that up, I was like, that is so specific and something that like, again, you know, it's not on Facebook. It's not something you could research. And even in knowing you now, you know, better, I have never mentioned. That. No, um, and even if you had, I wouldn't have, I don't remember things about people. Like I'm really bad at remembering anything. About exactly. It. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, it's like so specific, but also so irrelevant. So the yeah. fact that like, you know, cause it's not really relevant to me. So yeah, for anyone questioning if it's real, um, I about fell off my chair. <laughs> Wait, I just have to explain what happened on my side too, because I yes. teach you guys how to journey and this is such a good um, when I teach you guys how to journey and trust your intuition, this is such a good example because as, as those of us that have gone through the shamanic medicine, we'll deal with this during that time of just leaning in to the craziest things you see when you get down to the lower world, being the most accurate. Um, and so I always name them. So that day, my son and I had just rewatched Avatar Way of the Water the night before. Okay, so there's a lot of water in that movie. And I was journeying and I still, I, as much as I do this for a living and I know it gets reflected back, there's parts of me that is like left brain analytical. That's like, this is all bullshit. Like this is yeah. not, how is this real? <laughs> is it me? Is it me being so good at reading people that I'm coming up with a story to help you? Like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but this is how I know it's not because that day. So I'm, I start in my place of power and I'm journeying the lower world and everything is water okay now let me just say this 
my place of power, the way it looks sometimes is an indication of what's going on with a person. But when it looks really different, sometimes I'm like, is this because I'm off? Like what's going on? I start to worry. It's me. And then I'm like, just trust it, trust it, trust it. Right. So everything's water. I mean, I, my place of power starts out in a lake anyway. So I journey, there's water going down to the lower world. That's different for me. There's just water everywhere. I get in and then I, in the, in the Peruvian traditions, Mookie is the gatekeeper, right? At the lower world. Mookie's there. I'm like, why is all this water? And he was like, it's Chelsea's. And I was like, oh, okay you know mm -hmm. so I was like all right so this is part of her story so then we go look and there's two past lives of like whitewater rafting and canoeing and rapids and like death and trauma with you and Dan having to do with rivers and water and I'm like okay but I'm still as I come back up like fuck I always do this thing in my head where I'm like I don't want to fucking say this to her because what if this is because I watched Avatar like this is <laughs> why do I have this job like, you know, being yeah. a shamanic path isn't that different than anything else. Like, am I fucking crazy? This is whatever, <laughs> Andrew. But I know you pay me to do this and tell you what I yeah. see. It, do it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter if it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Half the time when you guys do shit, I'm like, I don't even know why you guys come to me because this is weird. But whatever. <laughs> just a conduit. I'm not attached to it. Yeah. So I come back up and I tell you. And that's when you were like. Oh, my God. It absolutely blew my mind. And I think, you know. You, this is what I love about you though, is that you're so honest with like, listen, I'm human too. It's, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent, but I think like just going slightly off topic for a moment, like that is so important. And that is why, you know, people come to you because it's honest and it's real and it's vulnerable and you don't claim to be, you know, just like holier than thou. And I, I'm a healer and I know everything. And I just, I think that's such an admirable quality. And like I said, why so many people come to you. And also, I mean, for me personally, like what really helped me trust you, trust the process, allow you, you know, to kind of have access to, to me and my energy because it just felt so genuine. Um, but yeah, yeah well, when I mean, they teach you that going through the shamanic medicine wheel too. Like I am not a shaman. Okay. Yeah. Shaman are the people like for, in the Peruvian traditions, they live in the, in the Andes mountains, their whole life is about service and, and, and shamanism. And they have, you have to live on the outskirts of town. You can't be as integrated with society. Like you're that's your whole life is connecting with the earth. I, now I've spent probably a total of two months um, time at retreat learning traditions from a real shaman and from Amy who's been doing this 20 years and has traveled the world learning shamanism but that makes me a shamanic practitioner and so I think for me is my path has been like how do I use this knowledge and integrate it for um, normal people in the U.S. and Canada mostly to adapt it to our modern lives you know what I mean and I think this session you brought up is a good example of this like yes yes totally and it, I think right I think it, it helps like normal people kind of you know again I think as we said you have to have some you have to have some openness and willingness to, yeah. and, and having done some of the work previously but I don't think you know, you have to be in such a place where you're like, okay, I got my shit together and now I just want to no. explore a little further, right? Like, and even if you've never done a shamanic killing and you just want to do this, that's fine. Like it's not yeah. gonna be whatever. Okay, so tell the story of how that what how that what that meant for you when I came back with the river stuff. Yeah. So when you came back with the river stuff, you know, for me that I, I had wanted to know where Dan first you know cross paths and you had explained after you know journeying on that that we had 
three past lives together. Um, and in the first life, we were cousins. That was, you know, nothing really super significant, just kind of like how we first, our souls first met. Um, but in the second and the third life, we were best friends, uh, male best friends. And um, I guess I, I'm like, I don't know the order of operations here, but essentially like in the second life, we went canoeing and, um, you know, we had gotten a map from someone that was a bad map. Um, and that's why we we had died. We fell off like a cliff on the river that we weren't expecting to run into and we died. Um, and in that life, you know, we had left behind women and children, like wives and children. Uh, and that was super significant for me, even before learning about the third life. Uh, because that's, you know, I'm stuck here now and Dan has passed again in this life. Um, we were partners and obviously I'm female, he was male. Uh, but it really resonated with me because you had also said to me, you guys had this pact. It was like you and me for eternity. Um, and I started laughing <laughs> because I literally had um, I love you now and forever tattooed on my wrist in this lifetime in his handwriting from a card that he gave me. So there was like, I mean, already several points that I was like, this, this just is insane, first of all, but it felt true to me on like an intuitive level. Um, and so I think that even helps you get further into it. Like, you're like, okay, you, you are the person on the other side are just like, open and and vulnerable and it, it only got better from there um in the third life we <laughs> i think this is where we meet my my other significant person my other sp well, he um, was in both of them but yeah yeah i'll let you tell it yeah so oh, that's right he wasn't both of them actually right that they just said it um so we'll call him c so See, uh <laughs> I'll, I'll back up to what you said about dan's energy dan you know adventurous, traveler, kind, like warm-hearted, you know, just a fun, good, gentle kind of guy um, with his aura. But Steve's aura, <laughs> like, I just keep getting like swindler. Like, That's right. He was. Like, He's a swindler, swindler archetype. <laughs> yeah, he just is. He's, he's the problem. But some people's souls sign up to be that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. an archetype we need. Everyone has their own type of archetypal energy yeah 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 so in the second life uh with with dan and i he was the person who gave us the bad map and it wasn't like you explained you know felt like he was like oh i'm trying to kill these people but um essentially Nobody was a swindler like he just was trying yeah. to make money he was like oh you're adventurers you're coming here for the first time i have a map of the river here you go like not just selfishly because he wanted money right and then you, exactly you guys followed it and ultimately because you didn't know what was around the river bend you it led you to your death because you trust trusted a map that was wrong exactly and then in the third life we were going rafting and see dan and i were all again uh really good friends and Steve um in typical fashion even in this life uh was hung over um and he was like guys I'm not going I can't I'm, I'm shot just go without me and so we did and because we didn't have like that third person to kind of distribute the weight and the raft the waters were rougher than we expected and same thing we had fallen over like you know a cliff and or, you know 
fell into the water and we both died. And again, we left behind, you know, wives and children. And so the dynamic, I think, in this life with, you know, C and Dan and I, like our, I had met C at a time when Dan and I were, you know, taking a little bit of a break in our relationship. It was very like, you know, we'd been together, I think seven years at that point. And I went out to a place that I never go out to, you know, stayed out. It was very uncharacteristic of a night. But when I saw C, he was a bartender at the place that I had gone to that night. Um, I was just like, I felt like I had known him my whole life. Um, I wasn't scared, worried, intimidated. It was like, we picked up where we left off. And, and that truly, in addition to Dan passing, was the reason and my like what sparked me asking this question and wanting to book this session because it's a feeling that I've never forgotten um and you confirmed basically that we've certainly met in other lives Uh, I've had 12 past lives I think you said with with C and he's been the protagonist for me in nearly all of them yeah I have one ex that was the same who's also my ex that was like that actually passed last year. Um, and after he passed, I, because I know he, he came to me and then I was able to help him cross over this whole other story. But yeah, essentially that was what he said too. He was like, I am the fucking problem. I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to come here and stir up a bunch of shit for everyone's soul's development. Like sometimes we need a protagonist, right? And our story, and there are souls that signed up to do that. Um, and it doesn't mean, and that's why you can both like I don't know I've always said that I was like in my 20s when I realized like bad guys don't walk around looking like the hamburglar you know <laughs> they're not like it's, it's such not, a like, good point obvious like there's they're they look like good loving people because they are in their soul but they've signed up to be this person in this life so it's hard especially I think those of us that are intuitive um at a young age I mean you might say that it's because we had um bad guy parents in the way of narcissists (laughs) or alcoholics like not necessarily terrible on purpose but like just uh, they have their own shit um and so that we don't know how to notice when someone's a bad guy but I mean it's also I think if you're really intuitive you're gonna see the higher self in everyone the most version of them because like that's what you have to do to hold space to do like the work I do and then you, you miss the protagonist part sometimes yes it's such a such a good point it's almost like you know we I feel like as a society always say yeah you know bad things happen to good people right but when you are the person who the bad things are happening to it's a much different thing right and so to your point like you know bad guys don't necessarily you know walk around looking like the hamburger as you said but And when you are doing this work and, and, you know, yeah, it's just, I haven't really thought about it like that, but it's, it's so true because there was something, and we've talked about this before about how, you know, you can have a soul's remembrance, but the feeling that it gives you is usually either some kind of like butterflies, which is Mm -hmm. really like your anxiety warning you probably, uh, definitely, or it can feel like a calm, you know, Hey, known forever very easy like a friendship kind of way and you know in hindsight when I met Dan it was that like friendship I feel like I've known you or there was 
no butterflies. It was just easy. And I loved him from like the moment I saw him, you know, with C, it was like, in hindsight, I, it was adventurous. It was like, Ooh, I'm like riled up by this person. Like activated, yeah. activated. There was a lot of sexual energy, like, you know, so, um, I've, I've learned the difference of the two now, but I feel like even in this session that we did together, explored that a little bit and reflected on those feelings and kind of just that those moments because again that's really the the remembrance of that is kind of what sparked the deeper questions and wanting to explore where and how we all intersected but it's it's a really good point that you know no one really walks around looking like a villain um yeah and and I, you- oh sorry go ahead no, no no go ahead I just think so for me this is what I want to kind of circle it back to for me personally and I think for you so like I always say I think we all start out wanting to know past lives with partners um because we're nosy or because we want to hear some fairy tale but ultimately for some of us the reason and and remember shamanism is connecting with spirit for the intent of healing for some of us like hearing that this person's always going to be and always has been a menace and a protagonist (laughs) It's like, oh, thank fucking God I can move on now, right? Like, yes. isn't that what kind of helped you? Like, oh, yes. I, this is not my, like, twin flame, or if it is, or if that's real, fine. But this is not right. someone that I will ever settle down with because their soul chose to just irritate the shit out of me. So when I want to learn or be triggered, it's a great person to call because they're yep. going to have some shit that they can bring up. But, like, if I actually just want to stop doing the work right now and go live a nice life, this is not the fucking person. Exactly. Exactly. It's so true. And I think, you know, uh, when you had asked me initially what I wanted to get out of it or what it was going to help me solve in this life, like whatever answers that I got before you even had journeyed. And I, I struggled with it a little bit to your point. Like, is this, you know, my ego just wanting to be like, Hey, you know, yeah, this is your twin flame or whatever the hell it is. Like kind of justify some of the things that I've felt and been through. And ironically, the justification is really what I got, but in a way that I didn't expect. So for me, it really provided clarity. Um, It gave me, again, that justification, that sense of like, yeah, this is kind of what I knew it was all along, but it also gave me the permission, I think, to, for myself to be like, okay, I don't, as you say, have to be stuck with this person. I can go on and live a happy life. You know, I, I, it was acceptance justification and validation really um for me to move forward peacefully but the human part of us that wants to know the why for the things was satisfied as well and so I think that's just such a important connection because I think a lot of times when we embark on our spiritual journeys it's the human side that wants to like quest that thirst for knowledge and make sense of things um and I think yeah, this did that in that in in a way that I didn't expect, but that honestly was much better than I could have ever anticipated. Yes, but and then talk about the soul contract part, I guess, too, right? Like, because that was a pivotal part. Yeah. So, um, when with Dan and I, when we had talked about uh, when I had gotten hurt, yeah. So we. Well, well, because it was, I was that river, no, it was the canoeing life too. You guys were like explorers and wasn't it? Yes. Like you had a soul contract in that life that you were like, you and me for eternity. Like eternity. we're going to do this. We're going to explore yes. the world together. Yes. And like, so and that then, ultimately ended up 
binding you as a soul contract. Oh, because wasn't it, weren't you bleeding? Like you got hurt yes. too? So it was a blood yes. pact. It was a blood pact. And that was like, right. Like I had gotten really hurt and he had helped me up. We were pretty young and like, you know, literally grabbed me by the hand and pulled me out. And it was basically like, I will like you and me for eternity. Like we'll always be That's together, fine. you know, always be there for each other. And as I said, I have that tattoo. I love you now and forever tattooed on my wrist in this life. And again, like, <laughs> I mean, you get it. You can't know that. So it was really, but, but that it made sense almost like there was this bond. And even though now he's passed, I still very much felt that connection and love, which is a good thing. Right. And you kind of, you had said to me, you're like, okay, I think we need to like rewrite this soul contract a little bit, but you're like, it doesn't take away the love. Like that is not possible. The love yeah. is, you know, infinite and that nobody can touch that. Right. And that was comforting for me because, you know, you, yeah, you're, you just hear that. You're like, wait, what does it mean? I'm never going to see this person again in the next life or whatever. And, you know, that's not the case. It just, I think, especially in this case, you know, and I don't know, maybe even if both people are still living, I know you can rewrite this whole contract regardless, but I think in this case, because he's no longer here, I was really scared to to have that happen. Um, and also I couldn't like, I couldn't quell that anxiety, God forbid, and be like, Hey, so, you know, I'm going to text him and see if he still likes me, you know? So it was like a little bit nerve wracking, but when you went back down and, and this for me, I think, you know, I, I got very emotional. Um, when you went back down, you're like, okay, I'm going to go talk to your, your souls. And, you know, just, we're going to, we're going to rewrite this. I remember you saying that he was a little bit hesitant and I was hesitant, but you, you know, reassured us again that like the love doesn't go anywhere. Um, and what did he say to you? Uh, <laughs> remember oh remember um he said remember um remind her no I was like okay so well let me tell you <laughs> mine what happened yes. was I went down to rewrite it and um ultimately these soul contracts are problematic especially when we do a blood pact because they don't end when you die they stay with your higher self and and your um you know so essentially uh, for the for the folks at home that haven't heard me give this st standard speech before you reside in the upper world as your higher self your higher self is up in the upper world and then a piece of you incarnates down to earth when you are born as a baby and then um and then when you know when you die you return to your higher self and then a different piece of you incarnates in the next life so you're all made of the same stuff but it's different iterations of you of course and you choose it all that's what shaman believe um so that being said when you make these blood oaths and in the way of a soul contract um it sticks with you in every life and so even if you and your soul family decided in this life this person's going to be my husband, you're just going to be a neighbor or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I believe that the blood pact overrides it. And so that's why sometimes you cannot let go of someone who's just not healthy for you in this life or something's not wrong or they die or whatever. And it's not no longer what's best for your higher self, right? So that's kind of the case sometimes where these 
it's not helpful. Like the best thing for all of us is that we live in our highest timeline for our own soul and we are faithful and present and we trust that it's not tied to any one person. People, other people come and go, other souls come and go and we're okay no matter what, because we can find our highest timeline. So for my case, like I had one and when I destroyed it, me and that person, our relationship got so much easier because mm. it was a little different where it was like, he felt, he felt obligated to always take care of me and he resented it because of a past life thing. And the minute we got rid of that and my teacher worked on a little bit of it too, he no longer felt responsible for me. And then he actually showed up more because we could just, yeah. we could be friends. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So it right. doesn't mean the person's going to go away. I mean, they could, but if they were, if they did, it's actually a gift because it was never going to work out. You, It's like, you don't want, that's why I don't like love spells either, because it's the same shit. You don't want someone with you because you manipulated the system. And if you do, right. I mean, that's cool, but I'm not your practitioner, you know? Exactly. It's, 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 freeing up all the ties that bind us so we can live in our highest timeline and so um you got to know that something better will come in if you let go of the thing that's holding you back so like in your case even though it's been years and you've been doing all this work you were having a really hard time letting go of dan um yeah because of that bond you can love someone forever and never see them again and the other thing is too most of these people you you know if your soul wants to see them in the next life they're gonna you got to trust yourself that you made the decisions about what's going to happen in this life for your highest timeline and not to be just stuck with it's romantic in the moment when we agree to be with someone forever in every life but it, it's not forever. plausible you can be right i mean like there's so it's just it's just not plausible. So it's supposed to free yeah. shit up. So when I went down there, he was reluctant. You were reluctant. And I, he showed up like his soul. And he was like, look, I don't want to do this. But like, I explained to him what it was. And he was like, yeah, okay. And it was so funny. Cause I was sitting next to him by a river and he was like, he was very kind of like, like it was like a man-to-man talk and he was like I don't want to fucking do this but I was like I know but like we need to so she can move and he was like yeah okay I want and he was like so we'll do it and he was like but and I said when I'm done here so we he rewrote it with me and then I was like do you want to come back up with me and then you and her can talk because like you know I can be I can do mediumship between people on the other side and and he was like no I, I, he was like, I've already been reincarnated. I'm doing toddler shit. I'm a toddler. I'm doing toddler shit. She'll catch up in the next life. Like it's cool. <laughs> but we're, you know, but like she needs to go live her life and tell yeah. her, just tell her to let other people love her. That's yeah. what he said. And I was like, okay. So I came back up and told you that. And then what did you, you were like, cause I don't really, I didn't know you when he was live. I really don't know much yeah. about him. So I don't know what his demeanor or energy is like, but that oh, was- it was spot on. It was spot on. <laughs> and actually what me, I got so emotional because one thing I really love about Dan was his perspective. It was like short and sweet, but very like on the nose kind of thing. And um, so everything that you said, I mean, I could just picture like his body language. I mean, it was like, I literally felt like I was talking to him in the moment. And of course it was also exactly what I needed to hear. And that's what I always kind of really loved and appreciated about him. And the fact that he like, wouldn't come back up and talk to me. But at the same time, like he's always there, he's around, he hears you, but he's also, you know. Yeah, but you know what? I think he almost was like, like knew in the, that it wouldn't have served me as well. Like this was just exactly what I needed to hear. And 
the let people love you, you know, it's, it's really kind of a, like, not to cheapen it in any way, because I mean, this in the best way, it was like a poetic justice, like, to rewriting the soul contract is let other people in, let people love you. You know, we will always have the love that we have, but we don't have to be bound together in the sense, as you kind of said, Ange, like this responsibility of, of, you know, taking care of you in every sense of the word, because it does, you know, it's, it's a burden. uh, And, and especially when someone is no longer here, um, because I don't think that I really really how much it was weighing me down. I was like, yeah, he's gone. I know he wants me to move forward. Like, I don't question that for a second, but just hearing it and having that experience, I think was the final, like, you know, push that I needed to be like, okay, this is okay. I'm going to be okay. Okay. Can I say something that might make you cry, but I feel like (laughs) sure. I don't know. I just noticed this. Every time we talk about Dan, you always say he's passed. Yeah. Maybe this is just me, but like, like you don't say he's dead. He died. Yeah. Like that's the word I would use. It's like almost like you don't want to say like, or is that something else? No, I think I'm like, so I try to be conscientious, like in a forum like this, because being somebody who has been through that, I know it can be really shocking for other people, especially like if they're going through grief. Okay. And you say like, oh yeah, he, he's dead or he died. So I think, and maybe like part of, <laughs> it's a whole other thing, but like, I'm trying to be conscientious of, you know, I process my grief, how I process my grief, but yes. when I talk about it, try to be conscientious of how I talk about it because I've been that person who at one point, you're absolutely right. Couldn't say those words. Like it would make me, uh, it was just, I couldn't, couldn't accept it. But now I think it's just more part of my vernacular where I try not to be like, yeah, he's dead. So I'm moving forward. But I know that, you know, I don't know. To me, it sounds a little people pleasing, but that's to each his own. I'm not going to judge you. I mean, that's a whole other session. But I know people get on me for being, and I admit I probably have autism and like that might be one of my disconnects because like my best friend Shelby that died 11 years ago, I'm like, I'll just be talking. I'll be like, oh, my dad, best friend. Blah blah blah. And people yeah. are like, what? But I just call it. So no. I I don't think enough about others because I'm not. I don't understand it. That's why I kind of asked. <laughs> yeah. No, I I get it. It's like, but I can also go there too, like on dating apps and stuff. When people are like, oh yeah, when was your last relationship? I'm like, he ghosted me. Like literally, <laughs> he's dead. So, you know, like, it's not that I can't go there. I just try to be mindful of my, of my, 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 my partner sleeps with the fishes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. He did not drown. Sorry. No, okay. no. But, <laughs> yeah. What a pun, unintended. Luca Brazzi. So, uh, anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, okay. So there's that part about it. And then I think too, it helps to just be like, all right. I mean, we all found each other on my TikTok because of this whole twin flame journey, you know, and whatever. I think this helps people to be like, not live as like Delulu for the rest of your life and be like, all right, <laughs> see, I get why he's here. I get yes. the draw. I get all of it. I get the storyline. I get how it all comes together. I get how it comes together with Dan and my daughter. It all makes sense. However, I no longer am going to spend my days praying and and loving myself so much to try to heal because that means he's going to heal enough to be with me and I can accept that even though I have a vision for it 
I don't know if it's in a different life or a next one or later in this life, but right now he is a menace and he's going to yes. be a menace and that's not yes. what I want. And I made myself emotionally unavailable by being <laughs> Delulu, tying all my horses to this one cart. And, uh, and Dan told me I need to let people love me. And I realized by being hooked on C, I've not been available to let people love me in the same way he's unavailable. And that's what I bitch about every day. Right. So, I mean, yes. that, that, universal story that's the biggest power in this whole thing right yeah such a power such a power it it was yeah it's exactly it I think you know and again that human side of us that wants answers and wants reason and justification and you know this is the perfect solution for that um and we also we didn't even get into the astrology part I'm doing that right now I'm pulling you up so like okay okay. and I did this with a client yesterday too outside of the session just because it was a new client a 44 minute session I was like you know what Uh, so like theoretically I could do this in any session but it complements us really well so I'm not an astrologist I know enough to be dangerous is what I always say (laughs) but I really like focusing on north and south nodes because your south node is tells you about your past lives and what you've already mastered and and um, and your destiny, you know, and so does the North Node in a sense on what you're here to do. Um, and so South Node also, I believe that whatever your South Node placement is, so yours is Libra, mm-hmm. anyone you meet that has Libra in their big six, so especially their Sun, Moon, and Rising, and the more they have, the more this is true. Sun, Moon, Rising, Mercury, Mars, or Venus. Okay, so in that being said, it's so funny because Chelsea's talking to me, and here I am with the biggest Libra stellium, like my Sun, <laughs> my Sun, Venus, and Mercury. Um, but okay, so anyone that has that placement in their big six is going to be a big karmic lesson for you. They're Mm -hmm. there for a good time or, or an important time, not for a long time. Right. So like Mm -hmm. in dating, um, it's so, this is why I do quick and dirty astrology and quick and dirty past lives for 11, 11 on my lives, just because if you're dating someone new, you can be like, how many past lives? What is it? And what's our astrology? Um, because now, you know, if you find someone with Libra placements like that, they're just here to help you learn something. Like this is not someone you're going to book a banquet hall and get married to, or if you do, it'll probably be divorced. Like this isn't yep. your, oh, my my client yesterday called it my porch person. Like the person that I'm yes. on a porch. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's not your porch person. It's a karmic person, which is yeah. fine because everyone's karmic in a sense, but I don't know. So, so when I said that, what did that bring up for you in the way of thinking about Libra placements in your life or what you knew? Or like- <laughs> I started going like, holy shit. So uh, Dan had a Libra moon. Uh, my mom is a Libra sun. Um, and see, he had like three or four Libra placements. We don't know his rising, but he had a Libra stellium. And um yeah, it really started like I I was like holy god, this is this is accurate. Um well, you know, and then, I don't um, what you said too on the flip side then. And then we looked yeah. at the charts of your partners and one of their south nodes was Leo and you're all Leo. So it was like, oh, in that case, one of them maybe was my karma, but I was really this person's karma. Exactly. And that actually, um, it still remains to be seen, but I got to tell you, since our session, I have taken things with that person a lot less personally 
because I'm like, you know what, buddy, <laughs> this ain't going to be me crying over you, which maybe is terrible, but, um, oh, it's good. It's you know, helpful. it helped, it was helpful. Like I was able to detach from it a little bit. Like I know he's going to keep coming back and that I have more, I felt I had more control. He doesn't have a single Libra placement, by the way, this person that I'm talking about, Yeah, but he does you- have yeah. So what that meant for us, for those yeah. at home, is that's why he seems she like he doesn't have he's not the karma for her as much as she is the karma for him. So that's exactly. why he's always he's historically in their relationship too been so much more triggered by her than she is by him. She's just wanted to be normal with him, and he's always so triggered that it has, and and that's why. Yeah. We think- yeah. Totally. Like, I think we, we had, we both had like a light bulb moment. Cause you know, when you were, I didn't never knew that about South notes. Like I had a general understanding, but I never, I didn't know about that placement being, you know, specific to the, to the people in my life that were important and how that would, you know, impact our relationship. So that was, it was huge for me. Um, and yeah. And then looking at it on the flip side, I don't know, again, I going back to just, the overall theme of the session, it was like, you know, clarification, justification, validation, and logic. Like it just, I felt, okay, I get it now. I get it. And I, you know, I think, especially if you're someone in spirituality, you, you know, you believe that you, we don't have control over many things, but there are things that we do have control over. And as you always say, like, I love it, you know, don't tame cruelty with you know, wildness and change can change people. Right. And like, you can't bully people into being better. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And like another thing that you always say too, it sticks with me. It's like, we can't always change what happened to us, but we can change the way we walk with it. And that is something, you know, it's, it's when you, when you reflect on it, you're like, yeah, okay. But when you actually do the work and you start, at least for me, you know, we both have Aquarius moon. So like we, like to back up the things that we feel with fact, right? But that's not always possible. I think looking at some of this stuff, astrology, understanding it more has helped me. Yeah, it's just, like I said, you know, quelch that thirst for the knowledge and the logic. Um, but in in that has kind of given me permission to, yeah, just not take things so seriously and be a little bit more comfortable with the uncomfortable or the unknown and for anyone listening that is actually an astrologist or knows a lot about astrology okay and you might be like well that doesn't necessarily mean blah blah the way I use astrology is from a shamanic lens and I scan a chart and placements and do it like I call it intuitive astrology the same way that I do intuitive tarot seeing it triggers things that I know about you and your purpose and your life path um and to help because so shamanism shaman really ultimately are death doulas you know they help you die a good death aligned with purpose on the day of your choosing they and and um one of the ways shaman do help is to prepare you for that death by helping you navigate your relationships in this life because our relationships are where we work out our hooks our trauma our healing it's in relation with other people that we connect to each other and source energy in the earth okay so my libra stellium and my all of my analogies i meant to bring in shamanic teachings and help modern men and women um 
heal their relationships in themselves um, so they can be in relation with others to prepare for a good death someday. So that being said, that's the way I do it. But the other thing, so Chelsea, we talked about too how you have that north node in the 12th house and the south node in the sixth house. So it means like your personality has a focus on um, spiritual rather than worldly concerns. And like um, you, that although the practical matters of your everyday life come easily to you, you do not find your true happiness in the pursuit of mundane affairs, but you're constantly looking to seek your, um, to seek like expand your horizons mentally, spiritually in a more yes. inclusive content. So like, and it's uh, like, we talked about how it's difficult for you to do the everyday things. Like, mm -hmm. and so, so basically Libra was your past life energy, six house Libra stuff. So like you've already done all of that relationship stuff in your past lives. And like um, in this life, you're meant to not find um, your mission in a day-to-day -day routine um, but in sacrificing yourself to a higher person and or a higher purpose and like advance beyond the material world and giving up your personal ego. So it's so interesting um, because you find yourself getting stuck in that day to day and you have so much Leo that you care about so much um, how things look and you're so proud and you're uh -huh. driven. So it's it was interesting. I don't know. Talk a little bit about how I was talking about that helps you put it all together about your life's purpose and what you're meant to do and and what you're meant to have in a partner because the other oh the other theme too was throughout your life you're going to be forced um to resolve issues with depending on yourself versus yes. depending on other people and that your relationships it's like outer events like you're supposed to take all of your directives from your own higher self and not lean on your relationships in this life. Like that Aries inner energy in this life is more um, solo, even though other relationships complement you versus in past lives, relationships were a big part of your life. Like hearing that, how did it free you up and make you feel relieved? Or like, how did that help you to heal and kind of move through all this, I guess? I think, well, you know, again, uh, like, deeper level now and and I remember you as you were telling me the description you're like <laughs> how are you feeling like it's bringing up a lot for you and you know at first it was because I felt like great I, that just means like I'm going to be alone forever but that's not what it is and as we've talked through it it was like as you said what it means and I think you also said you're doing this Chelsea you're doing this so you need to like just reflect on that and be proud for a moment because it again it doesn't mean being alone forever it means you know being able to fulfill my own emotional needs um and basically being with somebody because I want to be not because I have to be um and I really am trying to do the work you know in doing shamanic healings and going to therapy and and kind of exploring some of that generational trauma um, you know, having my own daughter and looking, just really taking a, a hard look at the, you know, how I relate to the people in my life now, how I rely on them, what I'm like using them for as terrible as that sounds, but we all do it to a degree and realizing, you know, I don't, I have what I need within myself. And I think, especially since losing Dan, I've really struggled with that because, you know, when you are a we for so long, it is so hard to then become a me or an I. Um, so it just gave me like the confirmation that, you know, a reminder, this is what I've signed up for and I'm doing it. And, 
again, you know, I will find my porch person, I believe, one day, but maybe we don't get married. Maybe we live separately, you know, maybe like we are travel buddies, but like they are on their, you know, whatever we meet after we each have kids and have been with other people for 20 years and we spend the last 20 together, but again, not in a traditional sense. Um, because I'm learning how to depend on myself for like my emotional needs uh, and process my emotional impulses without having to, without needing other people to regulate that for me. Um, yes, I fucking yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, so I kind of have a thing about, I talked to enough people and I, the person yesterday who said porch person, it was funny, she was also an Aquarius moon. But um, <laughs> I, and I wonder if, Aquarius moons are supposed to have I don't I wonder if a lot do any of us have like one monogamous partner our whole life like it just doesn't sound like it's something I mean I know anything could happen and it's right starting point but like I just feel like even for me because I'm so Libra that's what I've always wanted um but I don't know that I'm built for that like honestly I had to come to terms for me doing this work on myself what I got when I was going through the medicine wheel doing this is let people love you, but like, there's always so many people that are romantically falling in love with you that it doesn't need to be one person. Let them all love you. Cause for me too, I don't date multiple people at a time usually, No, but they come come and go a little more quickly than the average bear. Right. But it's, (laughs) but it's, it seems to be, it's meant to, I mean, right. Jared, I was with my ex-husband, Jared, for 13 years, but we were on and off too. Like, you know, I didn't really date in between because I was taking care of my kid. But um, I think for me, I realized I don't need one love of my life because, but I have love all the time. And I always have seemed to have an attractive partner around to do things with or to be intimate with when I want to that cares about me. And right. on the times I don't, I'm probably supposed to focus on my kid or my work. So that's okay. Or myself or yeah. Um, so yeah. like now, you know, I can be talking to someone and if I wake up one morning and I'm like, Oh, I didn't hear back from them. I don't go like, is it over? He's not the one. It's not going to be it. I'm like, oh, okay, dope. I'm probably supposed to walk my dog. I do need to do the dishes. Yep. Like, yep. okay, God, I should be doing something else. And like, I know for my purpose, there's always love there. And I don't, even if that person died or left tomorrow or goes to me, like there, another one will come along or they come back. And like, I have that too. I have a lot of um ex-partners that are I'm very close with and and honestly if I'm single I could be intimate again like there's it's not love it's not it's just like a it's just but it's not in a negative way I guess it's no or a roster but it's not I care about uh, a couple of these people you know and or you know it's not it doesn't have to be negative so like I think no same once you know what you're supposed to do and you can make peace with who you are because that's what feels natural for me it's like Okay. And you know, my family or my friends or my ex-husband can laugh because they're all monogamous people. And they're like, oh, and she'll never settle down. She's a butterfly. <laughs> but maybe what that's actually what makes me happy. You know, I don't like right. having someone around every day. I, Same. when I was married, I was like, oh my God, will everyone just please fucking leave the house for a day? Like, <laughs> 
but then I miss them. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. So for me, the life I have right now where I have my kid every other day and I get to take them to and from school. And I usually talk to partners who work a lot or are out of town for work. It's perfect. Cause honestly, that one moment a week or whatever that is, is like for actually being in person is nice. And then I can go not have to clean my house or be whatever like I don't have to shit on myself when my self-care gets bad and my dishes aren't done and nobody's I don't have an Aries husband being like why are all the cabinet doors open like it's yeah. fine. <laughs> that's such an ADHD thing the cabinet doors I know. open or like you know I I do like I have now they're calling it, it's ADHD so like the autism yes ADHD. like I do so like some nights I just want to lay on the couch and eat a THC CBD gummy and like watch <laughs> silo on apple plus i watch my weird <laughs> apocalypse situation sci-fi by myself and snuggle my dog and like yeah. i don't care if the house is a mess i'm going to do that first so like i prioritize my self-care because that's what i need to do to be like a whole person and like partners don't always love that so maybe that's maybe for that reason one long-term committed relationship that i would have to show up for every day is like not right for me even though that's what i thought i wanted yeah, I totally agree. I think I'm learning that lesson now because even, you know, when I was in a committed relationship and I think where you're like, oh, it, I'm Libra. Another thing you said to me too that really stuck out with me um, is that the universe is always trying to bring things into balance, right? And so oh. that was huge. Um, and it made me think of it when we said Libra because I was going to say, I think, as you said, the reason why you were wanting like or thought you wanted that, you know, person, single person, it's like, okay, yeah, that's balanced, right? I have a single person, I have a child, I have, you know, from the outside, it looks like I have everything. And I think I was coming at it from a perspective of, you know, my, my Leo stellium being like, it has to look good from the outside. And so if it looks good from the outside, then I feel good, right? Like letting that external validation drive how I felt and showed up in my, you know, for myself and in my own personal relationships. And so um, I think of it now, especially after Dan passed, it's like, you know, I, I do believe that find somebody else, at least, you know, one other person in this lifetime who will be that meaningful to me, it will be in a different way, because it should be right. It's a different yeah. person, different time in my life. I've been through so many things different now. Um, but I've, I have been able to kind of embrace that instead of like fear it, right? And that for me is huge, just that perspective shift of, you know, the universe is always trying to bring things into balance. And so if I'm having a, you know, a point where this person that I'm talking to right now is not texting me back for a few days or is, you know, I don't get in my own head about it because it's going to balance out. If not him, somebody else and and maybe that other person you know I'm not I'm no longer worried about the timeline because I know that my job in this lifetime is to learn how to show up for me again even when I feel dysregulated by other people like stop seeking that validation externally because it's like great while you get the dopamine hit from it but as soon as that's over you know you're looking for the next hit right it's like it becomes an addiction and so just kind of turning that inward, being my own, own dopamine hit um, and finding yeah. and finding solace in that and not worrying about what it looks like from the outside because nobody else has to live in this brain or this body or this soul, right? So yes, that was I, huge for me. 
I think uh, so uh, that's what I want to say too because like I, I haven't talked about this on the podcast because I haven't done a lot of episodes recently but like since last season of the podcast even since episode one you know this but I'll just say it for people at home I made a lot of changes in my life like I went back to therapy for EMDR um, mm-hmm. because I was in bed crying more than one day a week. Like I couldn't get on live and do my work. I was, um, and I I knew I was doing this healing journey and that was all part of it, the shedding, but it had been three years. And like, I remember in December saying to my best friend, Danny, like if I'm still crying like this in a couple months, I'm going to get on fucking meds because I don't think this is spiritual or not, whatever. And I had all this guilt because if you're spiritual enough, you should be able to just rewrite a soul contract or there's another layer or there must be something there. And I knew that like, that was going to be mirrored back to me and some of my spiritual friends. And it was where they were like, well, there's got to be another layer there. And I was like, no, fucking stop it. I'm, this is what I'm doing now. So anyway, I am working on my mom's stuff and like childhood stuff that remains a little bit more in um, EMDR again. I got on Lexapro. So I've been on Lexapro since April, late April. And it's and they up my dose too. And, and then I've also um got a waitressing job because my therapist said to me I how is this job you're doing and interacting with other people going through the same things you went through um limiting you and your yes and so I realized I sit in the house all day and talk to other people who are upset about the status of their relationships and they're sad or they're pining over someone that's not working out or you know and like it I, there's a whole world out there. Cause then around the same time, Rad and I had a Disney world trip planned, which was on my things I had to do before I turned 10. Like that was a big vision that I needed to pull off. So I manifested this that year, this, that this year, which I say that and people are like, oh, cool. But like, that was a big fucking deal that I pulled that off as a single single child support and owns my own business and like, whatever. So we made that happen. Um, like that's where I say like manifestation is real because like that's you know whatever anyway so but while I was there Chelsea I just walking around and watching normal people I mean it was Disney World but and I'm like there's a whole fucking world out here of interacting (laughs) and watching all the kids that work there meeting each other and falling in love and talking to someone because I talk to everyone everywhere I go yeah yeah and like you can meet a new person tomorrow there's billions of people on this planet and you could have a whole new life for them like I wasn't leaving my house and I was just talking to the same niche people every day and I was stuck in it so right I was like, I right get out of my fucking house so I got a job waitressing in a bar that's a family bar and grill that's very much like the bars my dad owned when I was little and a side note that's something I'm working on in EPR, yeah. you know, <laughs> growing up in a bar so here's my mirror of me I do but I feel better being in a bar once a day. I don't drink anymore, by the way. I haven't drank in six months, but um, I like being in the bar and it doesn't trigger because I, I don't drink because I fall because I have a knee injury. That's a whole nother thing. And then I cry that I fell. But um, yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is I made all these little changes and I feel so much better, but it's because I became grounded in reality by looking at my, you have to know your story, your past lives, this life, what your core wounds are. You have to know what makes you happy. And then you have to deal with that and heal it yourself and your partner. And this is where all of us anxious girlies and guys get it wrong your partner or a new person you're dating or is not going to make you happy. They're not the person that you 
emotionally dump your sadness on to cheer you up. They're not. Yeah. And so like, don't, you know, I went on a date with a guy once and he was like, I just have such a hard time dating because, you know, you date someone once and then all of a sudden you become their therapist and I don't want to do that. I go, Ooh, that's actually very healthy. And he was like, yes. you know, and I'm like, okay, Brenda, I took you to the Olive Garden once and now you're calling me <laughs> telling me you're sad because your aunt has cancer. Like, I don't mean to be an <laughs> asshole, but like, it's not fucking appropriate. And I was like, Oh it's so that. true though it's so true and so for, the first so si- true. for the first six months don't make the person you're talking to your therapist I'm not saying you need a bullshit but if and if you're like well that's who I am well then maybe you're not emotionally available for a relationship because that fe- your life is for feminine you live your life you do your own healing work you find joy and happiness that what fills you up so that on the day you have a date you can show up and you can be fun and sexy and actually enjoy it and then exactly. you go back to focusing on yourself and then what that does for masculine energy is they're supposed to build they're supposed to work they're they're doing things with their life and and they come and they're energized by your femininity and your intuition right. and then right. they go back to building and I don't mean to sound like a traditionalist but this is what I believe so that's that's what makes us feel so so I think that's where a lot of us are getting around and, and I think this kind of work helps you know your story separate okay. it out understand your purpose understand your karma so you can and then you can build your own life because I I'm much happier now where I love my little Delulu life that I wander through. And I'm not going to partner up with someone until they are like, all right, you being in my life more helps me to go build and grow for us and be a better man. And that's why I would ultimately start merging lives. But I'm going to fight like hell to keep my own little safe, protected, healed um, existence going until someone can add value to that. And if I have to sort through a thousand partners, I'm okay with that, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's a try on. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's such an important point too about, you know, the, the not like trauma dumping, so to speak on somebody, you know, in those first few months, especially just showing up, we've all, oh yeah, we've all done it. Like, yeah, shame spiraling, not really. But I think what I've learned exactly as you said that, you know, I thought that what I was doing those things, that was emotional availability. But what I realized now is it wasn't, it was an inability to cope with my own emotional dysregulation. Like, of course, you know, you're going to talk to your partner about things, but when you start a relationship with that kind of dial, you know, dynamic, it's like the expectation becomes that this person has to take care of you in every sense of the word. And that is a burden. Yes. You want to be there for your partner, whatever. And there is, of course, there has to be a reciprocity, but in like an emotional sense too and you can't bleed all over people and then expect them to be able to like you know again you're just putting your emotional regulation on other people and you're not looking inward and you're not managing it on your own and I I just have to say that because like I said for so long I thought that I was emotionally available and I didn't realize the difference um and it, it, it like that kind of was the light bulb for me and I had to really put myself in other people's shoes like you know and for a while I was and I like to fix things for people right yes. especially people I love but I again realized that that was just me avoiding my shit too like yeah. <laughs> not doing the work not sitting with it not regulating myself 
focusing on other people and other things, trying to fix them, and then in turn expecting them to do the same thing for me without ever having to really confront it. And it just doesn't work like that, you know? You're never going to find someone... You're never going to be in a happy relationship, whatever that looks like to you, you know, like yeah. saying, maybe for us, it's no longer like the white picket fence and the golden retriever and the two and a half children in the big house, like, no. you know, seven days a week. And like, I thank God, like I am actually liberated by the thought that I don't have to have that and I can still be happy. And that like where I'm going now, what I'm looking for now is actually so much truer to like who I am and what I want and what I need. So I think, you know, it's just overall, like <clears throat> this whole session really kind of put the bow on it for me in a way where it was like, yeah, it just, this just makes sense and it feels right. And it gave me the permission to kind of mm. move forward, um, you know, both with the loss in my grief, you know, um, personally, emotionally, uh, I just have a different perspective of things. And again, one that is much more true to like how I really feel and and what I really want in my life. So, you know, it was honestly life-changing for me. And I I hope it, it's that for other people too. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, I think, I mean, like this is a part of the work that we do on ourselves or I did during the directions and it helped me a lot too. But like, I think there's so many aspects of it. It's like, it's... The, your healing journey is so many little things. It's like death by a thousand cuts, but healing by a thousand, I don't know what is a Yeah, but totally. It's not bandy. Totally. You know what I mean? So it's like, you've got it, but our sto- manifestation is real in the way that um, our story is, we get what we expect in life. Like, yes. If you expect yes. everything to be terrible, it's going to be terrible. If you expect, exactly. like, and so- sometimes our own trauma and wounding are it makes our story take us to left field so you got to know your coordinates and know where you are so you can know what's your story and you choose not to believe it anymore like I know know, and, and a lot of us in this collective we have a lot of trauma in this life and in past lives and it's always going to be there um, and mm-hmm. so like, for me, there's a lot of trauma around not trusting men in my family stuff. And so when I bump up against that, I, I look at it and I'm like, um, there's my story again. I'm just going to choose not to believe that anymore because I know that it's a loving, generous universe and things can work out. So it's like, part of it yeah. is knowing your story, right? And this is what helps with this. So that you're, it's not like you'll never feel it again, but you just don't have to align with it consciously. Exactly. Exactly. You know, as you say, you can change the way you walk with it. Right. And like, that was, it, it, I think, like, so many Ange-isms, as I like to call them, because I, you know, what you say has stuck with me, as I said, I've said a few of them today, but, you know, how you walk with things, you can change that always, you can know your story, but remember that the universe is always, you know, trying to bring balance, and so, if you go forward with, you know, just, it, it sounds kind of cheesy, be true to yourself, but we say that as a society without, with you know, while thinking that we don't have to actually look at what that means. And that's, I think, where people are going wrong. You have to really look at that and know it and examine it and decide how you are going to move forward, I think, to find true happiness and your purpose. And it, and it and means just saying my partner died. No. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. He's, he's dead. He's dead. No, <laughs> Dan you. is dead. 
Dan is dead. Yeah. I'm the worst friend ever, but I love you so no, much. No, you're not. I, I love know you, you got to get back to work, but I love you. And thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you for having me. I love you so much. All right, Chelsea. Bye. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. bye.